All right, so I made the prediction of the whole six and six thing, and for a while there, it was looking pretty good. Like I, I actually, you know, three and zero right now, loving it, loving it. And then the Red Wings said, "Hey, Eric, we see what you're doing. It doesn't fit our plan of being a horrible, horrible hockey team. We are going to cock block you. We are going to put Jonathan Erickson back on the team. And oh boy, do I now believe we're looking at an zero and nine finish to this month. I really, really do, guys." I mean, it's very, very possible. Hopefully, he's just a healthy scratch, maybe. I, I don't know. No. See, this is the Red Wings. They, <laughs> no, they no, hate this us. No, how that works. No, they hate <laughs> us. He's going to be the number one. They're going to put him on the number one line defenseman and give him more minutes than any useless person should be. Yeah, big rig back on the penalty kill. It's, it's been special teams have looked too good the last three <laughs> games here. We got we to. Gotta, we need Alex Lafreniere on this team. How do we, how do we get to more losses? Uh, hey, Jonathan, you remember the way to the uh, rink? No, see this. This to me, this was Blashell. He got scared. Hey, we're looking. We're looking good. It's looking like I know what I'm doing. I can't, we, we, change this, please. Please lower expectations. Lower expectations. I can't handle success. I'm still a fan of uh, taking Jay's statement from last week and saying, "Hey, I need to go take a Patricia for going to have to take a dump." As to you know, I got to call Erickson up from Grand Rapids. Is also a phrase for taking a dump. It's just I don't I don't understand it anymore. I mean we're I we're supposed to lose. We're winning. We're winning. We bring up Jonathan Erickson. You know we we get tired of losing. We go on a three game win streak, and now we're going to go back to losing, and then we'll get rid of Erickson. So it's I I I don't know. I don't know. I give up. I'm throwing my hands up in the air. Literally, it's just like cool, great. Bring him on. He's a fucking pylon. The stats. Was that a euphemism? Is a fabric coach or something I don't know about? The salt. I don't give two shits about rules. The sanity. As we can attest by the fact that both Russ and I do not want to be at Justin's house for this game. And every so often, they talk about sports, too. Here is Eric Dorsch, Russ Ivanek, and Justin Marcus. This is Armchair Sports Talk. I got my new boots covered in red dirt. I don't mess with Texas T-shirts. All right, that was the intro. You know who we are. Same people that, guys, this is officially two years now. This show is just shy of being two years old. We've been doing this that long. And you know what? Some of us have gotten really good at doing this. Others, myself, we're not looking to really improve. Keeping the bar low, like I said in the opener. Like Blashell, I don't want expectations getting too high because then people are going to expect great things out of me. And I'm one of those guys under the radar at all times. But, Russ... I know you got a lot of stats for today. This is a big, big show for us. Like I just said, two years. It, it, it's a lot of fun, and I got to say, I've been enjoying doing this with you, pal. Yeah, I I can't believe it's two years, and we're still talking about the same crap with the Red Wings being bad. <laughs> well, I mean, you don't really want to see a huge change in your show. Consistency is key, man. Yeah, I, mean, I guess I guess that is true. I mean, I get to just go back to my November notes from the past two years, which I do have. <laughs> and it's the same talking points. It's great. Just, you know, plug in a different player. Here, here's the curious question. Two years. How many notepads have you gone through? Like, I mean, are you keeping spiral notepads in business? Yeah, I am on my third. Third. Wow. That a boy. That a boy. Uh, Jay, I think it's safe to say when we started this show, you were miserable about Red Wings hockey and, 
it, it's come full circle. You're still probably miserable about Red Wings hockey. Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> a lot of miserable about a lot of things. It's, it's two years. It's no championships. It's no MVPs. It's no playoffs. It's, it's what it's, it's Detroit, baby, and we're here for it. So oh. I'm happy I get to do this every week, though. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, on, on a serious note, when I like, I, when I proposed this to you guys, I, one, I, I didn't. Th- I thought, you know what? Are these guys even going to want to do this? This is a big commitment. You know, Jay's got a family. Russ is a very busy man as well. He's you know getting married here soon. Are, are we, would this last? Would this be a you know? Well, let's do, we'll do it for six months and then it will lose steam. I in my wildest dreams. Never thought that I could say two years have gone by and we're still doing this show with consistency, putting on an episode almost every week with conflicting schedules. And the fact that we do it is just amazing. I think it's awesome. Every week I expect in that group text message to see, hey, listen, we found someone who uh, we're going to give him a shot to host this week. You take a week off. Enjoy yourself. Hasn't happened yet. I'm still waiting for it. Oh, that's because my signal's bad, and it keeps rejecting that text when I try to send it. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. I appreciate it. And Russ is gone. Uh, uh, what? Hello? Hello? Anyone there? Uh, <laughs> but let's let's get into it because we have limited time this uh, you know this week, but we've got a lot to talk about. Obviously, Michigan, Michigan State is this week. One team I'm sure is very excited for this game. Another team. Yeah, you're going to play, and we'll see what happens. But uh, listen, I'm not counting this one out. Michigan State still going to have a chance in this game. It always seems to be a competitive game. But before we talk about it, Jay, (laughs) you were a little upset in the beginning of the show talking about Erickson. Sorry to say for the next few minutes it's not going to be much better. But you predicted this one, so you you can't be that upset. You called this one, and uh, I'm going to let you go first on this one. You called it. Might as well, as a Spartan, give me what you uh, what you saw out of this one. I, you know, I was hoping I was wrong, but I just I don't see consistency. And then when you lose again, Joe Bocci, when you lose that, you lose the sense of a purpose of why you take the field, and that's what they showed. I mean, I I don't. There's nothing redeeming out of that for me. I had it mid twenties, ended up being mid thirties of a a close loss, and we lost. You know terrible fourth down and fourth and forever and then we lose on the final drive so it's just I I don't think they have a purpose and that's not I mean we're going to get into Michigan but that's not reassuring at all come Saturday so that's not like that is not the high note I expected this team to be going into the game of the year which is our last game of the year effectively so I just I really do hope that next year when we're at this week before the big game it's not without purpose or cause because they don't the word, I don't know what they're playing for outside of potentially going to the NFL and Mark could very well be playing for his career given what happened with Illinois and what's going on with U of M this weekend so I just I don't see purpose I don't I, I just as I was miserable two years ago I'm in that same boat today and I went off this damn ride but um, <laughs> I'll stay by the team but they didn't have purpose and showed and that's why they lost Illinois I mean, I'm not going to – normally I would, you know, we'd go a little more in-depth about it. But outside – Kick him while he's down? No, no. I, like, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you can I think you can make the argument this might be one of the biggest, like, kind of comeback upset kind of moments for, you know, the D'Antonio era. I mean, these guys all but had it solidified. A friend of ours, Jillian Brown, they left, I believe, at either halftime or, like, the third quarter because it was that much of a lead. And uh, Illinois fan looked at him and said, "What you never you don't believe in comebacks?" And Jillian just kind of 
She laughed yeah. at it. She kind of, you know, had a little little giggle on it. And obviously we saw what happened. So, I mean, you can, you can point that out and you can talk about it all you want. But, I mean, we all know what happened. We all, you know, Brandon Peters was 22 of 42 for three, uh, 369 and three touchdowns. Averaged almost nine yards in a, an attempt. He, you know, Peters had a great day against you guys. But, Jay, the question I wanted to ask you is, I mean, a loss is a loss. You take them all. As, as that, you know, it's, it's hard to find, you know, bright spot, spots in it. I mean, Lewerke had a usual Lewerke day, 19 to 36 for 250, one touchdown, three interceptions. Does it make it a little tougher to see that kind of thing when someone like Collins, who, you, you know, you've been talking about all year as a guy that has potential, goes, you know, for 28, uh, 28 carries for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Lewerke almost rushes for 100. Uh, I believe I saw Cody White, seven catches for 120 yards. When these guys that you've been looking to have big years all year finally have those days and the outcome is that, does it just make it that much tougher to kind of say, I mean, you did point it out, what are we playing for now? There's nothing left to do. Everybody did Mm -hmm. exactly what they had to do, and we still couldn't get it done. Yeah, no, that is tough because the consistency has been lacking all year round, and that's what I was pointing out last week is that, we're not consistent enough to ball and, you know, beating the pants off of Western was an anomaly. And I thought it wasn't, and I was hoping they'd ride that high, but they didn't. So when you have guys doing what they're supposed to be doing, but we still can't put it together as a team like that's And that, this isn't me just like freaking out. Like this, this should be the end of a head coach, but because it's Mark, there's this wishy-washy area of what happens next. Cause it's, it's fireable on all, on all grounds. It's fireable because this is, this is, shit no yeah i i I see what you're saying and i mean i agree with you i'm not gonna sit here and try to you know sugarcoat in any way this is not at all what any of us expected out of the spartans this year i mean everybody Mm -hmm. going to this one especially with that defense really thought you know we were going to be talking about this game being a seven and two potentially seven and two eight and one and an eight and one seven and two team we thought these were these guys were going to be exactly the same going into this, and this was going to be a very big deciding game in the Big Ten. So yep. it is a little weird. Um, Before we get on to the big game, Russ, I do want to talk to you about one thing, and I'm, I'm throwing a bit of a curveball here, so forgive me, but that's what I like to do. I will not. Talk to me. I, 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 We've only seen two games out of them, and obviously anything else you see highlight-wise, but this Illinois team, it, they actually appear to have a pretty decent offense. They seem to be able to move that ball a lot better than I think anybody expected out of Illinois, especially with Brandon Peters at the helm. Yeah, but apparently the trick is they can only do it once they're down more than 20 points. <laughs> it's true. Which you think would be a problem. Uh, it's, I guess not this week. It's the exact same thing that happened against Michigan, that they got down big, and then all of a sudden the offense comes to life, which you would think is an indicator that, oh, there's something we can do really well. Let's try and do it the whole time. You don't have to wait. If, if you're really good at desperation, risky throws, right, and, and attacking through the offense and just saying, screw it, we're not running, do that from the first quarter. I, I don't understand this dogmatic just dedication to, oh, we got to do it this way because this is the way it's played when you're garbage at it. Mm-hmm. No, they, they, they should be – I think we've seen with – the end of the games of the last couple blowouts there, or should have been blowouts rather. This offense is better than this Illinois team is, and they're just not embracing it. No, absolutely. So. 
And uh, and we said a couple weeks ago that to us it felt like the Illinois putting on points at the end was more the Michigan kind of taking their foot off the gas a little bit and feeling comfortable that they didn't really need to push. Do you feel it was the same way with Sparty, or do you think Sparty just kind of got you know got caught one time and then they weren't able to really recover after that? I I, I think it started that way and then it became quicksand okay. and that got out of control, especially with the pick six. You looked at the sideline and you saw some faces just like, what, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Not again, not again. That that was a shell shocked group. Not, not all of them, honestly, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, but some of them, I mean, how else can you really account for the largest Illinois comeback in team history? Like oh. there was something else going on too. <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. All right, well, let's move on to it. It's the big game. It's Please. probably the it's probably the one we've had circled <laughs> all year since we did, like did our preseason, uh, you know, preview and predictions of uh, stats. Or I mean, of schedule. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, Michigan sits at seven and two right now, four and two in the conference. Michigan State's four and five, two and four in the conference. So, should be a. Uh, I, I, you know what? Listen, you, if you're looking at the schedules, you'd say, okay, Michigan. This should be pretty easy. But at the same time, this Spartan team always seems to rise to the challenge. No matter what it is. If Michigan's down, they seem to play to it. Michigan State's down, they seem to play to it. It's usually always a very good game. As we can attest by the fact that both Russ and I do not want to be at Justin's house for this game. Because the nope. last time we were, something <laughs> terrible happened. That, we don't talk uh, about that punt. We, we don't talk about that punt. We don't talk about that punt. But uh, trouble with the snap. Hey, Jay, keep oh, it up, buddy. You were insufferable. Keep it up, buddy. I still have the video on my phone of your daughter cheering for Michigan when they scored at Russ's house. So keep it up. It's okay. <clears throat> I can I can <clears throat> easily edit that into this show. So just remember. And it that. sounds a little something like this. <laughs> I was rather altered when that happened. If so I don't say, even know if that actually happened. <laughs> if you say so. If you say so. Um. Just a quick overview. Uh, points per game, state twenty. They uh, they score about twenty three. Michigan averages about just under thirty two. Points allowed per game. Surprise, surprise, Jay. You're giving up half a point more than you're scoring uh, to Michigan State or to Michigan uh, about seventeen yards per game. Michigan's got uh, got state by about twenty, and yards allowed. Uh, Michigan State gives up about sixty more yards. So, not super super far apart a little bit here and there but uh russ you look at this game spreads about 13 and a half so just under two touchdowns over under is 40 so you expect about 21 20 points a game or points uh per team when you look at this michigan being an 84 percent favorite i mean it's it's pretty quick pretty easy who you taking and uh give me a quick overview of this game so i i mean i have to take michigan but i would anyways um, this this game is going to be closer than it should. It always is. As Harbaugh said, and, and one of the few times that I've actually you know nodded my head in agreement with a press conference thing he said, uh, Antonio is a master motivator. Mm-hmm. This guy's gonna have them being scrappy. I don't care what's happened the rest of the season, like except for last year, the last four matchups they've had, it's been less than ten point differential, and these teams have both been in very different places in some of those games. It's, it's going to be tighter than it should. I've got a late touchdown pushing it out to be 28-13, and Michigan wins. Um, but just something to, something to watch out for here. Have to control the turnovers. Um, Michigan has lost the turnover battle and won 
only twice since 2004 against Michigan State. 15 games in that time, about a 500 record, 7-8, and eight, right? So you have to win the turnover battle or at least not lose it and have to get over five yards per play. Since 2010, every single time that Michigan has averaged over five yards per play against Michigan State, they've won. MSU this year averaging 4.9 yards per play allowed. Michigan on offense, 5.6 yards per play. It looks like in their favor, right? Michigan State's almost there on average anyways. Michigan's a little over, um, but that's kind of the tipping point, and you're going to see it because it's going to mean that they've gotten out early and they didn't shoot themselves in the foot like Wisconsin. Um, The nightmare scenario is two turnovers in the first quarter, and Michigan State keeps it close because Michigan's going to try and run the ball 35 times anyways. We've already seen it. And if it's not in a clock control manner, if it's a trying to keep up manner, we've seen that hasn't gone well this season. So, geez, good luck. Pass the damn ball. Nico Collins is an athlete. Throw it to him. Uh, but I do have 28-13. 28-13. Okay. I like that. Um, Jay, on the other side, you are a Spartan fan. Uh, I guess give me your uh, your layout of the game, but also – as a Spartan fan, try to get in the mind of D'Antonio. What is the key? You're, if you're D'Antonio, what is the key you're giving these guys as the must-do in order to try to you know, keep this game close and even try to take it? See, for me, to answer your question, I don't even know if it's like an X's and O's type thing. Like, if you're Mark D'Antonio and your program is falling to literal shit and you've lost a guy because of performance-enhancing drugs, and you kept all your buddies around and you didn't really change a whole hell of a lot. What else is there to really coach on other than emotion and instinct? And I'm afraid that this game is either going to keep him around or be the final nail in his coffin uh, for his career. So the other point about this game is that it's like family, no matter where you're at in the world, you always come together for Thanksgiving and it's always close and it's always tight knit. No matter if you're, in China, or if you're still in Michigan, like that, that's what's happening. This is a close knit rivalry, like Russ was saying. That when you get together, screw anything else you've already done throughout the year. Like it, it's time to go to war with your your close close relative. So, um, I've got State 24, Michigan 21, and I'm only giving State the extra three points because I I just need something, man. I I need to grab onto something and enjoy something for one weekend, and I'll be miserable for the rest of the year. So is this out of desperation? Yeah. Uh, Michigan's favored 13.5 points on the game, and they should be every bit of that. But you you get close together with that relative, and it's it's time to go to war. And I want Mark to preach that. Like, screw game plans, screw everything, just – beat the pants off of Michigan so you can at least have something to remember out of this year because as of right now, I've got nothing to take home. So it's desperation. State 24, Michigan 21. So a week after accurately predicting that Michigan State would lose to Illinois, you're picking them to beat Michigan because yeah. of the rivalry factor? Yeah, and that makes no sense. Makes no <laughs> sense. I'm on a hot streak of one of one. I, want to I mean, you were right, this so i got to give you credit. Crazier things have happened. So I, I know I, I'm throwing, I'm just throwing facts out the window and I'm running on emotion, which that's gotten me nowhere this year. So well, it, I'm it probably going to be exactly, It got you exactly right last week. So you, you have some kind of a good pulse on this Michigan state team. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just trying to like, 
it's the rivalry deal. That's what's driving this decision for you? Yeah, like blind squirrel nut. <laughs> there we <laughs> the go. Game is my nut. <laughs> Hashtag analysis. All right. <laughs> oh, Jay. I just I want to. I know. I know. I, 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 I really. This game is my nut. If that's not an episode title, I don't know what it is. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I, I, it should be. Um, one nut November. <laughs> um, <clears throat> listen, I want to be supportive of you. I really do. Uh, and I'm gonna try to be. I really, I'm, I'm actually gonna actively try. Um, I, I asked Jay to kind of put himself in the head of D'Antonio, and what are you doing here? Um, <clears throat> I, I see it in a similar way as you do, Jay, but I see it as a different motivation. Anyone who plays for this Michigan State team understands you're not going to be playing for the Big Ten. You're, you're not really competing for much of anything. You're, I, I don't know if they're eliminated mathematically or not, but you're a long shot for a bowl. You're you're, 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 you're pretty much just playing for pride. And if you're the seniors, you're playing for, you know, for those last few, you know, games of your career. But if you're D'Antonio, that, that pregame speech is one thing, one thing only. This is a team that is our championship. You go out beating Michigan. That's all there is to it. You got one game left. Whatever's afterwards is, you know, extra you're going to see backups you're going to see freshmen and sophomore playing to get experience for next year this is your national championship you go out and you beat michigan that that has to be the motivating factor if you're a michigan state spartan there are two big games every year it's playing ohio state and then it's playing michigan this has to be that game where you if you have any if you want anything out of this year it's knowing that we finished the year beating michigan on their home turf do I think you're going to do it? No, but I think that's your only real option. You have to get these guys in the mindset that this is your national championship. This is for bragging rights. You can look at Michigan all year and say, we are four and we'll, we'll finish this game five and five if we win. We are a 500 football team. You, on the other hand, are third in the Big Ten. Ohio State and Penn State still have to play each other. So one of them is going to be a two loss team. If Michigan can win out and play Ohio State and play competitive, which I'm not saying they will, we'll get to that when we get to it, Michigan's still in a conversation. It's a far-fetched conversation, but Michigan's still in a conversation. So, uh, Michigan State, you are playing nothing but upset here. You can ruin Michigan's season if you can go out and be competitive. So, if I'm D'Antonio, that's the only thing I'm keying on all week. This is our game. This is our title. This is what we're looking for to set for the season because it gives us bragging rights for an entire year and it gives us something to propel off of. If you're Michigan, I love it. Yeah, if you're Michigan, it, it's, it, you're reminding them of that, that Michigan state has nothing to play for. This is, this is a game that means nothing to them. Expect everything, expect the fake punts, expect the onside kicks, expect the trick plays that D'Antonio has actually made a staple of his career. This guy throws these trick plays out when you would never expect it and usually executes them perfectly. So if you're, if you're Harbaugh, you're telling them they have nothing to lose. They're not, they're not playing for anything. They have nothing to lose. And therefore they're actually Ross, I'm going to use it. Gene Hackman from the replacement says it to them in the final game. There is no tomorrow for you. And that makes you very dangerous people. 
That's what you have to let these guys know. There's no tomorrow for Michigan State. They're after this after their final game of the regular season. They're they're sitting for a couple months. There's no tomorrow for these guys. They're gonna play balls to the wall for the next few weeks and just try to collect as many W's as they can. Michigan, on the other hand, as I just pointed out, has something to play for. Okay, You're, it's a far it's a far stretch to think, but it's still possible. If Ohio State goes in and beats Penn State out, Penn State's got a two loss. They got the two loss over us. But if we can stay competitive with Ohio State and, God forbid, on a long chance win it, which I don't think we will, but I'm, I'm going to pray we will, we're still in that conversation. So Michigan's got a lot to play for. They cannot afford it. That being said, uh, I personally think the spread's a little too small. I think that Michigan is going to definitely spot more than two touchdowns. So I'm going to say... Sorry, buddy, Jay. I really am. Uh, final at twenty-eight to ten. Michigan's going to mm. win twenty-eight to ten. I think we're going to see. Right. I, I think we're going to see the Michigan <laughs> State team that everybody kind of expects to see, the one that's Man. just too many struggles over the last couple weeks. Uh, you you were amping up. I thought you were about to say thirty-five to two. No, no. I'm, I'm <laughs> listen. Like I said, I, I I saw what Collins did last week. I saw. What Cody White did last week. I still know, as much as I'm not a fan of him, and I, I, I know for a fact I've been overly critical of him this year, I still know that Lewerke is capable of slinging the ball when he needs to. So I'm not going to sit here and act like we're, we're looking at a 45 to nothing trouncing. It, I'd love it. Nothing would bring me more joy to see than to see my Wolverines do that. But I also know that this is a team that still has enough weapons on the field that if they can just get it figured out in a right way, they can be competitive. I just... For me, at that defensive side, I think you're never going to be able to hold on to the momentum. I think that defense is just too battle or too beaten down that I think even if you do score on us and get that momentum going, I don't know that your defense is going to be able to stop us on the other side to keep the momentum, and that's going to be a killer. So I say 28 to 10. I, I think this is going to be one of those ones where by the fourth quarter, we shouldn't have to worry about it, and I'm praying we don't have to. So I'm going to say 28 to 10, uh, Michigan advances over Michigan State. So we'll see what happens with it. Okay, good luck, everyone. <laughs> good luck, everybody else. <laughs> um, moving on, we've got NFL football. Uh, Detroit Lions fall to the Chicago Bears 20-13. to I'm going to lead this one off in a, in a different way and just say Driscoll didn't look that bad. He didn't look that bad for a guy that no one expected to see on the field at all. This year, everybody, I think everybody kind of just assumed Stafford's become an Iron Man. He's not gonna, he's not gonna go down. And to be honest, from what I'm reading and what I'm hearing, it sounds like he would have played if the doctors would have let him play. Which I mean, is insanity. Which is insanity. It is. It is. But I mean, I, none of us have obviously ever broken our back. But I think we've all been in that situation where you know you, you've got yourself a little hurt and you're like, no, I want to play. Don't 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 take me out. I want to play. So I understand that sentiment. But this dude has a broken back. And he still wanted to go. That that says a lot about him. But Driscoll, 27 of 46 for 269, one touchdown, one interception. So pretty good numbers. I never would have thought that we would have saw that from him. And that Galladay touchdown was nice. But that, to me, is where I think it hurt us. We I spent last week, and I may have been the jinx here, so I, I will take the credit for being the jinx. I spent last you week jerk. talking about how I thought Galladay was an elite-level receiver right now. Galladay couldn't catch a cold in this last game. He had a real... <laughs> Hard time going. Uh, yeah. I believe he only had three receptions. So, oh yeah, brutal sorry. late drive too. Galladay had three receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown on nine targets. 
Uh, Marvin Jones, five receptions for 77 yards, no touchdowns on six targets. So Marvin caught pretty much everything that came to him. The problem was he didn't really go anywhere with it. Uh, to me, though, and it's the same problem we've had all year, and I don't think either of you will disagree, it's the lack of we had no balance in our offense. We had no run game. There's just zero run game. We rushed for 98 yards, and five guys carried the ball, and Driscoll was our leading receiver. I mean, a leading, leading runner. So that's tough. But on the flip side, you can't let Mitchell Trubisky go 16-23 uh. and throw three touchdowns. Trubisky's not that good. He has no no reason that he should have. So uh, I that to me was the the big killer. I, I didn't see a lot of this game, unfortunately, but I, the, what I did see of it, I saw an, an offense that the potential was there to get going and the little things just took us completely out of it to get going. And again, I saw a defense that had a real opportunity to be able to beat up on a really bad offense, and this defense couldn't even do that. Trubisky never should have been able to throw for three touchdowns on us. So uh, that's pretty my pretty much my synopsis of it, Russ. But, I mean, when you look at this, obviously no Stafford probably this week, so we're probably either looking at Trubisky or a late signing we don't know about yet. I got to think – I mean, sorry, not Trubisky, Driscoll. Uh, I got to think it's Driscoll again, but uh, we'll see. But, I mean, this is a Lions team that at 3-5, and five, you can't really afford to lose anymore. If you lose anymore, you're, you're done for the year. So, I mean, what's got to be the next step here? Um, what's gotta be, there is no good next step. Um, I think the next step is, is shutting down Stafford and letting him heal up this back injury Yeah. because Jeff Driscoll starting, uh, more like Jeff drink still, as in this team makes me want to drink still. <laughs> That's the mm-hmm. next step. It is uh, it, the three and a half games back of second place in their own division. There's only seven games left. That is a, huge chasm to try and make up in the NFL. On the other side, they're only a game and a half out of a top five pick. That, that's where we're at with Stafford for almost all of that. I don't know how anyone else coming in is, is going to make a difference. Um, I'm going to try and find a positive though, because I, I'm not just going to spend the whole time being negative to help you with your Galladay argument. He did. He did create some offense there that I have never seen a player quite do this before. Late oh. in the fourth, he, yeah, he catches he catches a uh, a pass out near the sideline with about 16 seconds left. Gets tackled, runs to spot the ball himself, like five yards up from where he got tackled. I'm gonna I'm gonna and, use my I'm gonna use my signature line here. To be fair, I have seen people do it. I've never seen anyone get away yeah, with it. Yeah, not get away with it. Never yeah, seen anybody get thing. away with it. Yes. Oh, and we, uh, yeah, we kind of sent it out on the uh, on the Twitter account that hey, that is creating after the catch. Hey. Good job, Holiday. That's what elite receivers do. I'll take any effort um, I can get, my friend. But no, this this defense needs to try anything different. Trubisky now has five games in his entire career where he's thrown at least three touchdown passes. Out of thirty-four games, two of those are against the Lions. Oh, this is not good to me. Try anything else. That that's if you want an actual tangible next step, figure out the back of quarterback for the future in case this happens again, and and try anything else with the defense because it's not going to get worse. And if it does, who cares? Because you're losing already. Yeah. Get a pass rush going. Make Jared Davis a dedicated pass rusher for like a couple quarters. I don't care. Try something, anything. Different. I've this said isn't working. This is broken. I've said since the beginning. I think you know what. As much as you know, as much as I think it'd be a weird adjustment, 
Jelani Tavai needs to be the middle linebacker. Start him at yeah, middle linebacker. Time. Put Jared Davis on one of those two edge rush uh, linebacker spots and tell him, listen, your only job is to disrupt that backfield, whether it's taking out the mm-hmm. runner, blowing mm-hmm. up the blocker, or getting to the quarterback. That's your only job. We will we will live with the fact that we're only going to have 10 guys dedicated to coverage and dealing with things. Your job is to find the football. You're Bobby Boucher. Get to the football. That's all we care about. Just do that. And I'd be fine with that because I like Jared. I see a lot of potential in Jared. Jared Jared has zero coverage ability, okay? Paul Vayner, which that's going to be an inside joke to just the three of us. Paul Vayner could get a catch over Jared Davis because he's that bad at coverage. For those Limited you don't know, mobility, we'll yeah. say. Paul Vayner's 400 pounds, okay? This dude's huge, and he could still probably get it on him. So Jared Davis, is a, he's, a, he's a specific type. He's an edge rush, get-to-the-football kind of guy, and that's what he needs to be. I don't know about you two. Jelani Devai has shown me enough. He can play middle linebacker for us. I mean, you're not going to get that much worse. You're trusting Will Harris? I've seen more out of Jelani Tavai this year than I've seen out of Will Harris. Let him play. Let him play. It's fine. Um, Jay, I'm probably asking the wrong person this question, but I want to stay on that defense, so I'm going to ask you it, and I, I, I'm, I know you're going to give me the honest answer here. It's a little. I saw this debate on Twitter. I don't remember who put it up, but it was an interesting one, and I saw a lot of responses for it. Is Darius Slay a legitimate shutdown corner? Oh, man. I mean, I think if you define a shutdown corner as someone who gets still tested and thrown at and has the ability to make the play, yeah. But I I just feel like we're very one-dimensional back there, especially after losing uh, Diggs and it's just like, okay, well, we're just not going to throw towards Slay. And some teams have done that this year where you go a whole game and you don't hear his name. Mm-hmm. That might be a silent way of being a shutdown corner. But I think, in my mind, and how I define it, you got to hit the, you know, the, the moments where you're just, like, unbelievably taking the ball away from the opponent. So um, maybe like a 1B, 1A type situation where he is, but – He's not on the level where it comes with all the drama and the hype. And we'll we'll see it against the Cowboys. He's going to have Amari Cooper probably for most of the night. Yeah. And Dak is still going to throw to him. And I know we're getting ahead talking about the Cowboys, but if he can have a moment like that, I'll say yeah. But if it's just quiet and ho-hum, then it doesn't come with the dramatics, I think, that comes with that title, in my opinion. No, and you segued to it because we're about to talk about the Cowboys. Um I think of a shut when I think about shutdown corner, and I don't know about you guys. This might just be me watching all the football I've watched over the years. Uh, Russ, when I think about a shutdown corner, the first name is obviously Revis, Revis Island. Yeah, the guy yeah, was back in the day. Guy was elite. Outside of that, it, it's tough to say that we've seen many true shutdown corners in this league. I think we see guys who make some big plays, and therefore the media boosts them up to be as such. Like, uh. I, I put it out in a, a poll on my own Twitter this week. Uh, after the, the game on Monday night, Russell Wilson called Richard Sherman a Hall of Famer. I don't think Richard Sherman's a Hall of Famer. I think Richard Sherman's a Hall of Famer in the I promoted myself well statistic. He's going to go down as he's going to go known. He's going to go down as known for the guy that beat Michael Crabtree on a play. I hate to break it to you, Richard, but a lot of guys beat Michael Crabtree on a play. That's why no one really talks about Michael Crabtree that often. Uh, he's a good corner. He fit into that defense perfectly. 
He just made himself the face of that defense by always being the guy that was never shy about talking. Is he a great corner? Yeah. Does he did he play great for the time he, and he's still going, but did he play great for the time that he, you know, he was at his prime? Absolutely. I just think that the word Hall of Famer gets thrown out way too much. Uh but circling back, I would say that Slay is a true number one corner. Shutdown is tough because you know, teams know not to just go that way and they know that we're a lot weaker on the other side anyway, so you might as well attack that side. So it looks weird when you see that Slay was only challenged twice in a game and the guy didn't catch a ball. So I would say he's a as close to a shutdown corner as you can be without ever having to really deal with the issues of being a shutdown corner. But like Jay said, we're going to see it this week. He's got Cooper. He's going to have to cover him. If he can shut down Cooper, I, I think that you, you, you could really make the argument that he is an elite shutdown corner in this league. So we'll see what happens with it. Um. Going to it, though, Dallas Cowboys, Detroit Lions, uh, this Sunday should be a great day. Actually, November 17th is a fantastic day. It's it's the best day of the year for, uh, yeah, and for why, everyone. And why is that, our gracious I, I, I have no idea why it's such a great day. Oh, good for you. Oh, good for you. It's my, it, it, <laughs> November 17th is my birthday, so it's a great day. Um, hey. <laughs> uh, Cowboys are a 65% favorite for this game. Uh Unless you guys got one, as of right now, ESPN has no spread, has no over-under. So I found one. You found one. All right, so, Russ, yep. you can give it to us. Three and a half. Dallas minus three and a half, which seems absurdly low. Yes, it does. What? It does. It does. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first here. <clears throat> I, I think it's going to be close. I do think it's going to be close. Now, again, I have to operate on the assumption that the reason Stafford hasn't practiced all week is because they're just trying to keep get him as healthy as they can for Sunday. Again, we could assume it's uh, Driscoll, but if Driscoll plays the way he played this last week, we're at least going to be somewhat in it. We weren't out of that game against Chicago. We just didn't make enough plays on defense. So I'm going to operate on the assumption that Matt Stafford's our starting quarterback this week. But if not, I don't think the numbers are going to look that much different anyway. We have enough of a firing up offense that if guys catch the ball and play well, we'll still be able to put up two, three touchdowns. So I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a 27. I hate saying it. it's gonna be a 27-24 win for the Detroit, Detroit Lions. Put Jeez. your name on it. <clears throat> put, put your name on. Putting my name on it, and I'm gonna say that for one reason. It's gonna be 27-24. We're gonna score. We're gonna play well. The problem is we are going to see Ezekiel Elliott have a traditional running against the Lions kind of day. I fully expect to see this guy in the end zone at least two times. He might even be responsible for all the offense or all the all the touchdowns. So but I think I listen, by saying that, that means I don't expect this defense to do much. I don't expect this defense to be shut down. I really don't. Uh, I think you just have to you have to kind of accept on the fact that are you gonna be have a better chance to stop Zeke or do you have a better chance to stop Dak? And in my opinion, you have a better chance to stop Dak. So I'm saying, you know what? Stop Zeke when you can, but that passing game can't get off the ground. Okay, Dak can't go for more than 150. You need to make sure that they have a one-sided game. And you limit the limit it so that if it is Driscoll, Driscoll doesn't have to turn into, you know, 
you know, Colt Brennan and Hawaii and have to chuck it 50 times for 500 and something yards just to keep them competitive. So I'm going to say 27-24 Lions. I think this is going to be a lot of scoring and not a lot of defense. Russ? I, I am not nearly as optimistic as you, but you make you make a great point about which one they're more likely to stop, and I think it is it is Dak, um, even if for want of a pass rush, um, and that's because I know it's fantasy, but it it translates a little bit. Uh, the Lions have given up the second most fantasy points to running backs in the entire league. Only the Chiefs have given up more. Uh, you know who's pretty talented? Uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, his, his last two games against the Lions, he has murdered them too. 152 yards rushing, 88 yards receiving in one, uh, and then 12 rushes for 80 yards and two touchdowns in the other. Dude has eaten like it was Thanksgiving every time he's played the Lions. Mm-hmm. And and arguably the worst iteration of this defense that, that he will have seen is going to suddenly change that. If it happens, it's because Dallas did it to themselves, which is a possibility. The only knock I can say against Dallas, who does have talent at every position, uh, is that they're inconsistent. They have had some absolute duds. Zeke himself has had four duds of games this this year. He's also had five absolute stud games that kind of offset that. But he's he's only floating around the top ten in in total uh, stats here when we're talking about running backs. So if Dallas can shoot themselves in the foot, then they've got a chance. But, you know, I instead, I would like to just propose that every time the Cowboys score, you raise your drink, you say, drink still. Maybe, maybe you need a Driscoll drink still, and you, and you just drink uh, until the pain goes away. <laughs> I got, I I got a 31. Yeah, 31-20. Uh, I got the Cowboys winning this. I can't believe that spreads three and a half. It has to be wrong. That, that's probably why other places aren't broadcasting it, because it's absurd. Yeah, it's, it's a ridiculous one. It definitely is. Uh, Jay, over to you. So I agree on the spread. I don't know if spread is like with Stafford because it's without Stafford. Right? Yeah, that move, might be part like, of it. Like at least two more possessions worth. Um, yeah. So this game, I mean, if if Stafford's out, I think we lose. But if he's in, I also think we lose. I've got the Cowboys <laughs> winning. I've got the Cowboys winning thirty-one seventeen. So I'm not too far off from you there, Russ. Eric, you did have some salient points on the team, and I was actually thinking about Zeke as well because I don't know if you guys remember the last play Zeke had against the Lions. I can remember it like it was yesterday. It was a running back wheel route to the on the telecast, the far sideline, and absolutely just destroying our hopes of winning a game. So I, that's what Zeke does. I think we're going to see that wheel route, and I'm going to just cringe and cry a little bit, maybe pull a, a drink skull or whatever it's called. I'll drink some. I'll need it. Um, I think losing Stafford's huge, and I've been saying that it's like a surface of ice and it cracks, and once it starts to crack, other parts of the ice surface start to crumble. So not too optimistic here. We're going to get burned by Zeke again. We will see the wheel route. Um, Cowboys 31, Lions 17. Not a lot of hope there. Sorry. It's tough. Um, Yeah, I'll never be able to forget that Zeke play. It was was a rough one, but on the other hand, if, if Stafford is playing, I, I think one of the key plays of Stafford's career has to be against the Cowboys. Him screaming like a schoolgirl trying to get everybody down to the line so they can fake spike it, and he QB sneaks it in for a touchdown. So that's that why a hell of a comeback, a hell of a comeback, and that's why I'm saying that if Stafford plays, I, I give them a shot because with Stafford, 
and I think we can all agree on this, whether you want to call him Stat Padford or not, with Matt Stafford playing, you're never out of the game because he can get you back in it in a million different ways. So that's the reason. Driscoll showed me enough against a Bears team that I think you, you can't be too scared of him throwing the ball. He, he, he can throw the ball. The problem is Galladay needs to step up. Mar- Marvin and Galladay need to understand, hey, this isn't Matt. This is Driscoll. He's going to need a little bit of help. We need to make sure we get everything. Balls don't hit the ground on this one. So we'll see what happens with it. I, I, I Like I said, I think if you can stop Dak and just Zeke's going to have a day, that's fine because you don't want it to be the other way. Because if you try to say that, oh, we're going to stop Zeke, no, you're not. You're just not. It's There's a reason that not a lot of teams can stop Zeke. And then you don't want to let Dak have a day on top of that because we don't have the offense to match all of that. We, we have the offense to maybe be able to match it if Dak has a relatively normal day and Zeke goes off. We can maybe keep with that. We can't keep with both. So we'll see what happens with it. Uh, fingers crossed on Sunday. It's, it's a good day for my birthday, and I'm not mourning another Lions loss, but who knows? Uh, oh, well, uh, happy drinks, Bill. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, well, we're on, to, uh, we're on to play of the week and game of the week, and since I know what Russ's play of the week is, I'm not too worried about him stealing mine. So, Russ, I'm going to roll the dice here. Give me your play in game of the week. Okay. My play of the week, I can't believe I went to the Cardinals, but I went to the Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally like a grab bag of all the trick plays thrown together into one, and, and the pass was so sloppy. But it was Andy Lee's first career completion. And for that, I have to give the punter his due. I am, of course, talking about the fake punt reverse fleece <laughs> flicker for a first down. Andy Lee to Farrell Cooper. Um, God, it was not pretty, but it was, it was such a good fake that there was a defender that he's standing in front of Andy Lee who has the ball, and he's still chasing the guy who doesn't. <laughs> it, it was just beautifully beautifully executed, made a lot of people look dumb, and, and that's what I'm really here for. Show me the not top ten every time before the top ten. Yeah, it, it was fun. They they lost the game still, though, in true Cardinals fashion. Yeah, well, beautifully executed and beautifully called, and it sounded a little something like this. PBU's this game. Big, and a fake punt, and now they're going to throw it. And down the sideline, it is caught, and they execute, and there's a penalty flag that comes in. All right, I like the play. I like the play. Now what's the game of the week? So I picked this game for all the wrong reasons. Okay. And I, I'm actually breaking a personal rule by picking a Thursday night game. Ooh, I know. Yeah. All right. You dirty dog. <laughs> Did I steal Justin's then? Uh-oh. Son of a... How do you like that feeling, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> I've never had, in two years, I've never had that happen to me. <laughs> oh, that's because that's the oh. first good decision you've made in two years, Jay, and now you're welcome to the club. Oh. It, it, it just seems like the most interesting game is it going to be the best game no no <laughs> is it going to be the uh the highest scoring no it, it's two teams that have been disappointing it could be ugly it's probably going to be disappointing it will definitely be interesting the last six browns head coaches to be fired were fired after the pittsburgh game do i think that's going to happen <laughs> to kitchens no no hey but they play again in two weeks well, maybe then but this is this is huge. It's the AFC North. You never really know what's going to happen in these games. James Conner's back. Um, Kareem Hunt, for whatever you think about him, is back. There's a lot of different storylines. What's Baker Mayfield's mustache going to look like? I don't know. You don't know. I'm going to have to tune in to find out. That's the game of the week. 
It's a good game of the week. Definitely is. All right, well, since Jay is clearly scrambling, Jay, I'm, I'll go now so you can know what other game you can't pick. Um, Please save me. Yeah. Don't pick oh, my next one. I, I think I'll probably back go. Up. Yeah, here we go. Uh, my play of the week, I, I actually adamantly go out of my way to make sure I never pick a play that involves Nick Saban. But unfortunately, this year or this week, I had to. Uh, on a punt return against LSU, it looks like it's over. It, easy punt, going to catch it. Guy's going to be right there to take him. Uh, first contact, doesn't go down. And this guy goes up the left side for a big, big punt return for a touchdown uh, against LSU. And it sounded a little something like this. And Rosenberg's punt goes back to the 23. Wow. I don't know how Waddle got away from that whiplash. And now he's coming the other way. Jalen Waddle. Across midfield, he's got a convoy. Waddle, he's gone. Touchdown. The top punt returner in the nation just showed you why. All right, Jay. So that's my play of the week. Now let me steal your second game of the week. Uh, I went to this one. I went to this one, and I wrote this down before the Monday night game had happened. So I had a little ulterior motive for picking this one because I honestly didn't think that San Francisco was going to lose to Seattle. I actually was going to take the San Francisco Arizona game because I picked, I I saw Arizona as the team that could potentially upset San Francisco just because of the fact that I think Kyler Murray is finding something. He's getting going a little bit. He seems to understand that he's got a hall of fame receiver and he likes to throw it to him a lot. So uh, my game of the week is actually going to be the San Francisco 49ers and Jimmy G against Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals. Nicely done. Yeah. I miss Jimmy G. I miss him a lot. You shouldn't. Jimmy G, too. <laughs> Love that, man. All right. Let me see if I can put this together then. Uh, play of the week, I wanted so desperately to go with the Western Michigan dude who did <laughs> cartwheel in that game. <laughs> I, I watched that on repeat for way too long. Um, no, it, it's Jamal Adams. It was an amazing game where he, he could, not even on Daniel Jones' blind side, is able to drive a, a lineman back slip into the pocket and just go, hey, can I please borrow a loaf of bread? Fight! And then he runs <laughs> down the field. It was, it was absolutely gorgeous. Not to mention all the trade drama, um, everything that happened. And then he comes out and says he wants to be a Jet for life. Um, <laughs> I don't think anyone's used that hashtag ever. Joe, so. Namath, Joe <laughs> Namath didn't use that hashtag, and he loves being a Jet. Ugh. I just – it. It was it's just it's so comical. I had to go with it. I mm-hmm. still want to go with the cartwheel because I'm clearly looking for anything with comedic relief right now. Uh, but Jamal Adams is my play of the week. Okay, uh, that was the uh, play of the week. Sounded a little something like this. Five receptions today. That's a season high for the rookie. As Jones has it taken away by Jamal Adams, and he is in for a Jets touchdown. He stripped the ball from Daniel Jones and scores. Oh my goodness. It was actually a pretty cool play, Jay. I like it. It took me a minute to find it. I'm sitting here watching this game, and I'm like, when? When is this going to happen? And then I, I a real quick play. Uh, it was definitely a good one. Uh, let's go on to your game of the week. All right. I don't give two shits about rules. I'm still going with Browns and Steelers Thursday night football game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. There's no rule that I can't do no, it. No, there's no rule. Russ, I guess Russ, that's technically true. Believe me, Jay, if there was that rule, you already would have found a way to break it. So it's okay. It's fine. So I'm just going to break it before we even Yeah, break it, it before we even make it. Yeah. 
the Steelers' defense is just straight up balling, and I'm jealous because that's what I thought we would have with our defensive genius of a head coach. So um, I'm watching primarily on defense against the Browns because the Browns are fighting against themselves and what they were supposed to be this year. Uh, you talk about the mustache, you talk about Kareem Hunt, you talk about Jarvis Landry basically becoming second fiddle to Odell, who hasn't done oh nothing. So I, I'm desperately watching for the entertainment value, but mainly for that Steelers defense. So I'll break the rules and I'll pick the same one, damn it. All right. It's fine with me. Um, <clears throat> all right. So now we're on to uh, – it's officially week two of our Floss Fantasy League. And uh, this is a little unsettling for me because as the host – and the the producer of this, usually I already know everything that's going to happen. And we're finally at a point. It took two years for it to happen. We're finally at a point. I don't actually know what's about to happen because in my infinite wisdom, I decided to let Russ surprise us with the week two stats. Obviously, we still have one more day. Our, our week ends on a Friday. So one more day. But as of now, Russ, where does everybody stand? Oh, there is. Intrigue, oh. drama, suspense. Real quick, am I going to want to keep my whole let's make free agency a thing? You're just going to want to listen to what I have to say okay. next because it is, it is very interesting what's going to happen. All right. Um, for me, most of all, uh, <laughs> the, the standings for this week right now, 107.9 points to myself, 85.2 to Eric, 80.7 to Justin. Less than five points separating you two. And I looked ahead to the schedule. We have Eric and his five-point lead and Connor McDavid versus Giannis Antetokounmpo and Kyrie Irving tonight. Winner takes second place, unless they really, really go off, and then, hey, maybe you can make up 20 points and catch up to me. (laughs) Um, But it's a a tight contest between you two, and this is going to be very, very interesting. uh, I'll look into a couple scenarios on, like, what it will take for you guys to score, uh, just to give you a bit of an indication, a goal in hockey, 3.75 points. Right? A point in basketball, 0.12 points. But we figure that out. Hey, 20 points, you know, that's what, 2 points, 4 points, something like that. It, it rebounds, assists, this can add up. Two players against McDavid and five points, it's going to be very, very interesting tonight. We have our first bit of intrigue a bit of a nail-biter. Uh, check out those games tonight. It'll Should be fun. Be uh, so um, basically, I'm taking my shoes off to count that high, but I need <laughs> Connor McDavid to get like five goals in order to catch to catch Russ. Well, in order yeah, to oh, potentially. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. You, yes. you need, to, to put that into perspective, you're behind me by 22 points. Um, right now, Anthony Mantha for the week has 22.6 points. Uh, okay. Nathan McKinnon has 22 points. Uh, Damian Lillard has 23 points. Okay. So you would have to have Connor McDavid have a Herculean effort, which hey, that's what he does for Edmonton anyway. Yeah, so. no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it's not out of the realm, but I'm saying <laughs> to give you an idea of how much I would need out of Connor McDavid tonight, that's what the, what it would be. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah okay. you would need three games worth of production. Okay, okay. Sign him up. I like it. Should be interesting. Uh, it's been fun so far. It's it's I, I I find myself actually paying attention to the box scores a little more watching at different spots to see. And uh, it's, it's, it's been a very interesting one. I'm interested to see how the next couple weeks are going to play out. Speaking of that, we're doing this a little early, but I just want to see if, uh, if we can swing it. Does everybody have week three lineups ready to go? Oh, hell yeah. 
Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah, he says. All right, well, (laughs) here's where we find out if, because if you listened to the show last week, we put a little caveat into Jay. Jay's leading point getter, I'm assuming it's his leading point getter, getter, he has to be able to say his name correctly (laughs) or he's not allowed to play him. (laughs) Those are the rules. Those are the rules, Jay. So here's the thing. I am going to say it one time. Okay. Oh, that's going to be easy then. Okay, I'm not going to. I gonna, just said never, it like 10 yeah, seconds ago. Yeah, he just ago. said it like 10 seconds ago. I'm not going to say it then, but t- I'm going to give you two tries. So if you can't say it the first time, I'll give you a second to look back at the name and oh, try geez. to remember. That's fair. So, Jay, give us. So basically what I'm saying is you better have an alternate ready to go. Uh, Jay, <laughs> I give us your starting five for week three of the Floss oh, no. Fantasy League. He just says no. Right. <laughs> My starting five. Christian McCaffrey against Atlanta. Okay. Easy. Amari Cooper versus Detroit. Easy. Yep. Delvin Cook versus Denver. Another easy oh, pick. Very easy pick. Uh I think two weeks in a row I benched this dude. That's a lot of that's a lot running. of football by Jay, by the way. <laughs> oh, I know. Okay. I've benched this guy two weeks in a row and he probably because he's carrying the team needs to be on my team too. That's Nathan McKinnon. He's got three games slated okay. uh, for our week. My last spot is <laughs> one guy who plays four games. His name is Giannis Untenenkumpo. Oh, my God. Nope. <laughs> it's not Unto? Nope. No. <laughs> Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh. oh, it's an A, not a U. Yeah. So that, that, was, try, name, that right? was try one. Yeah, it's an A, not a U, Jay. That was one. If Jay can't say it here, he's got to pick an alternate. So, Jay, Giannis. for all the marbles, Giannis. All right, so it's not Unta. It's on, on, it starts with A-N. So, Giannis Antetokounmpo. No, Antetokounmpo. There's no A. Antetokounmpo. All right, all right, all right, all right. Ready, ready, ready. Jay, one time, give me the name. Giannis. Antanankumpo. Not even God. close. Give us the alternate. <laughs> you you graduated. Hi, Giannis Antanankumpo. Hey! Did he say it? He said it. All right. He said it that time. There you go. All right. Jay gets to start. Jay gets to start. Giannis Antanankumpo. It's I can't even do it slow. Giannis Antanankumpo. Hurt. So it is Kumpo and it is Anta, Antanta Kumpo. Yeah, if you're gonna break oh, it down slow, you got to say it fast for it to work. But it's basically Ant and Kumpo, Ant and Kumpo. Ant and the Kumpos. Oh God! All right. So Where is this <laughs> ass coming from? I don't know. <laughs> it's his. Can it's, you enjoy bro, some sushi? It's that lisp he's been hiding all this all these years. And and sashimis. Oh, oh my God! Sushi uh, and sashimi. I got so much time yeah. for sushi. J- Jay's got such a lift going right now. <laughs> oh, All right, so there's Jay's oh, starting five. Um, mine didn't really change much. Uh, I I I can kind of tell a little bit of who the guys I don't really want to get away from. Uh, so I made a little couple little changes here, but not too much. Uh, I'm gonna go with Russell Westbrook, obviously. Uh, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews. And then uh, I decided to put a couple hardwood guys on there. Uh, so I'm going to go with Ben Simmons and Kawhi Leonard as my uh, starting five for week three of the Floss League, Russ. Very nice. Uh, I wish good luck in the wars to come for each of you. Mm-hmm. Um, for mine, I am going to stick with almost the exact same lineup as I did last week. Um, just one flipping out for game schedules here. Um, Alex Ovechkin, Leon Dreisaitl, Lamar Jackson, 
David Pasternak, and Carl Anthony Towns. I'm waiting for Carl Anthony Towns to get into a fight. He almost got into another one. <laughs> you tried. I'm waiting to give him those <laughs> sweet, sweet five penalty minutes. You tried. Because it, it's coming. It's, uh, yeah, it, it should be a lot of fun. I'll, I'll keep this up going. Um, the final results for this week will be up tomorrow on the account. Uh, you can listen to this episode and go check them out. Absolutely. And vote Sounds on the good. play of the week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Vote on play of the week. Um, All right, well, we're almost to the end, but real quick, I, we've only got a couple minutes, but I, I and there's only one thing I want to talk about. For the Red Wings, I, we've all made a little prediction last week. Red Wings have gone 3-0 and since that prediction. I will give either one of you an opportunity now to change if you want to change on how the Red Wings will finish the month of November, Jay. Well, I said only two wins, and that means we still have Vegas and New Jersey to deal with. We're already at three. I'm going to double down and say they don't win another game. Okay, so I'm not just doing that for show. But if three is a streak, according to Chalowski, when he got the game puck, well, losing streaks happen too, and we're about to come up up against them. So Jay's still going 0-9 to finish. Ross, you going to make a change? You you want to stay where you're at? I'm still saying under six. Um, they have they have to win three out of their next nine to do that. That is a winning percentage that would have been higher than what they did before this three-game streak. Uh, let's not forget they're not very far away from an eight-game losing streak. I, I'm loving it, and I'd love if they, uh, if they kept this going and break six because the rest of the season is not going to be all that great. Um, or, or it will be, and Robbie Fabry should be in the Hall of Fame. One or the other. Yeah, absolutely. 50-50. Uh, little little note that Russ gave me it was that if he if he if he's got a point on the final goal that like we we win or something like that. Is that what it was? He's got he's... yeah. Every game that he's played in the winged wheel, he has got a point on the game winning goal. Okay, he's so... either scored it or directly assisted on it. So here's what we know: yeah, is exactly. if, if midway through the third, if Fabry's got an assist on that goal, we're gonna win because that's gonna be the final yeah. one. If it's not Fabry, the other team's gonna score. That's what we know. Yeah. Um, you, you make it to OT. He plays every minute. Oh, just absolutely. Throw him out there. Just sit. listen, buddy. Just skate, skate like yeah, you've never skated before. Um, you know what? I, I think I, I made I made a joke at the start of the show that because Erickson's back, it's an zero nine for sure. Uh, I think I'm gonna sit with it. I think I'm gonna say that they can do six and six. I really like. Listen, you're telling me they got to win three of the next nine. I, I I'm comfortable with that. I'm very comfortable. That's that's winning, what, every other game or something? I'm very comfortable. One, one out of three games. Yep. Yeah, one out of three games. So one every one out of every three games, I'm comfortable with that. I'm very comfortable with that. I'm going to say six and six is very possible. So, well, one thing one thing I want to keep in mind is that if Fabry's going to continue at this pace, please believe I'm going to go see if Ken Holland ever got a Fabry in his time here because this is going to be impressive if Eisenman's able to just pluck a guy out of thin air and we keep winning games because of it, so. Was, yeah. was that a euphemism? Is a Fabry code for something I don't know about? No, he, yeah, I'm just, I make up <laughs> shit as I go, my friend. <laughs> Jay, okay. if, you're going, if you're going for that euphemism, it, it's not a – you don't talk about Ken Holland. You talk about Robert Kraft. He got a lot of Fabries over the ooh. years. But uh, – Ooh, $5 Fabry. Oof, ooh, ooh. Oh, I see what we're talking about now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. That's going to do it for us here on Armchair Sports Talk. Um, again, if – you know, the two-year anniversary now, if you had told me at any point in my life I was going to have an anniversary with either of these guys, I would have questioned how well you actually know me. But two years now, we've been doing it, and uh, I don't see us slowing down anytime soon. Jay, I appreciate it, man. I, I understand it's been it's been a rough week for you. 
It's probably not going to get any better come Saturday, but hey, you have your friends with you to try and enjoy it. And there's a reason why I like the dark side in Star Wars, so I'm probably just addicted to this frustration. So I'm actually happy but sad, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I completely understand. I completely understand exactly <laughs> what you're saying. Russ, Justin has gone crazy. Uh, Russ, as usual, buddy, you're the stat man who uh, makes us sound a lot smarter than we really are. I appreciate you taking this two-year journey with me and uh, excited to see how the next year goes. Yeah, it's been a hell of a ride. It's been a lot of fun and just ha- the happiest of birthdays to you, sir. Oh, Be, well, uh, you. Looking forward to celebrating it. Oh, absolutely. Very excited for it. And, uh, yeah, as always, I'm your host, Eric Dorsch. That's one small step for us, one giant leap back in Detroit sports broadcasting. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber. For having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul.